Ladies and gentlemen, John Acuff is with me on the Productivity Podcast. John, thanks for joining me this week on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, and thanks for getting up so early. I know you're uh, on the other side of the world. And I'm a night owl. I oh, am. man. The uh, dedication you have. <laughs> I mean, what a gift I've already received. <laughs> well, the way, here's the thing is that you, you and I have kind of crossed paths online before uh, in terms of just, you know, we we get mentioned in tweets or whatever and then you and i both have worked with jesse phillips of new year who is amazing he is awesome um and when i i got to see him in atlanta last year and we put together the now year calendar and he goes there's this other one that you might want to look at and and i saw the calendar to do over calendar i'm like oh that's john acuff stuff he goes oh like he's and and the way it was is interesting he says i'm working with somebody and he was very secretive about it (laughs) <laughs> and then I saw the branding. I'm like, oh, that's John Acuff stuff, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very, I'm a very secret person, obviously, via all my tweets, and mm. I have a hashtag for my family seasons: Acuff Spring, Acuff Summer. So I'm very, very private individual. You try to keep things on the DL most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I, uh, I have a small writing cave, and I write long poems on, um, on scrolls. Actually, really, how does that? Tra- like, do you use Scannable for Evernote to get those into some digital format? No, no electricity. This is today's call. Is the only, I fired up a generator. So, um, so, so I'm impressed because how would you put together a book like Do Over, Rescue Monday, Reinvent Your Work, and Never Get Stuck unless you had this would have taken you probably what eight years to write easily if if with without your your technology at hand or without any yeah technology it, it actually this one did this was the hardest writing process in all seriousness because for me it was a reflection of okay i've i've been working in companies for 16 years which all of a sudden you realize like you're not the cool young guy anymore mm. like you're the guy that is going on two decades of work and you go oh like i'm not you know, when I was 24 and I had an idea, I could go, well, I'm young. Hey, I surprised you because I'm young. You weren't expecting it. And then there, there's this shift that happens, which is really fascinating to me. But, yeah, this was the the process of, of kind of working on this was over the last year and a half. And it was um, – I've never worked on a book like I worked on this one. And so I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it, it, it – I mean, I just got it in the mail. Not uh, As we're recording this, I got it earlier this week in the mail. And I started to go through it already. And, I mean, I've loved your, your past books, of course, Quitter, Start, Stuff Christians Like, is kind of the outlier, I would say, of the, of the three at this point. But it's funny. You've got Quitter, then Start, then Do Over. So it's kind of like a, the trilogy. To a certain... Yeah, and I'm, I'm, a big, I'm a big kind of one-word, two-word um, – title person right right so i i just felt like um you're right stuff christians like is kind of the outline you know faith book it's humor and then i really started to care a lot about career um and i think you know the best books i write are when it's it's a book i need first and then i discover other people need to you know and so when people go why'd you write do-over it's because i had a massive do-over and i i needed to kind of look at my own life and go okay what are the things that make a do-over successful? Whether you're in college, I mean, graduating college is a huge do-over. Um, you know, looking up at 52 and knowing you need a second career is a huge do-over. Being 32 and realizing you're at the top of a career ladder already and don't know where to go next is a do-over. And so that that's kind of what 
started this particular book. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the career savings account because I think a lot of people, especially when they're looking at making a, a wholesale shift in their lives, because either things are out of whack or they're just you know they're not able to do the things that they really want to do. You talk about the career savings account in in do over, and I want you to like kind of touch on that because I think that that's that's some of that practical information that you were you were addressing. Sure. Yeah. Um... I, what I realized was the challenge is a lot of times culturally we spend 18 years getting ready for college and then the next thing we get ready for is death and retirement. And we've got this 40-year gap where we don't lean into our careers. We kind of culturally accept that work is just work is just work and you know a job's a job and we eat at TGI Fridays, not TGI Mondays because we hate the work week. And, you know, in, at least in the, the States, which is what people in America say to try to sound like they're tra- well-traveled, is I just call it the States. I don't even have time for the word United. But at least in the States, there's really not even an industry that serves that. When I have a problem with my finances, I call my financial guy. When I have a, you know, a health issue, I call my doctor. When I, if I'm a 32-year-old developer and I, I realize I don't want to be at this company any longer, who do I even call for guidance? And so the career savings account is this idea of what if you really invested in your career and built up the things that mattered the most so that you could spend that savings account in any way you wanted. And maybe you're going to stay at a job and crush it at a corporation. I don't like the whole idea that you know 70% of Americans are dissatisfied at work, but 100% of them are not meant to be entrepreneurs. Some are. Like, I hope you kill it as an entrepreneur, but I don't like this kind of discussion we have where you go, Unless you're an audit, unless you're an entrepreneur, you're not really doing anything that matters. Like you can't do great work at great companies. Sure, you can. A lot of people do that constantly. So the career savings accounts is built off of four investments, and it's relationships, plus skills, plus character times hustle. And you need all four because if you only have three of those, the whole thing falls apart. So say you have amazing relationships, amazing skills, amazing hustle, and no character, you become Tiger Woods, and it falls apart because they're connected. Say you have amazing skills, amazing character, amazing relationships, and no hustle, you become every NFL draft bust that was amazing in high school and college on natural talent, but got to the NFL and wasn't willing to work hard. Or say you have amazing skills, character, and hustle, but no relationships, you become the emperor with new clothing. No one can tell you the truth. And what I've learned is that leaders who can't be questioned end up doing questionable things. And so the fun thing is we all have parts of these investments already. Nobody's career savings account is bankrupt. It's just that most of us have never applied them in this way and said, okay, I'm going to build these four things because they need each other. Because here's the reality, Mike. Relationships get you the first gig. Like the original job hack is relationships. Mm -hmm. Somebody will take a shot on you that you don't deserve. But here's the truth. Skills get you the second gig. Because I don't care if you love your best friend. If she sucks at cutting hair, you don't go back a second time. So we need skills. And then hustle gets you every gig after that. So they work in this relationship. Hustle needs relationships too to temper it. We have a lot of friends that roll over people and go, I'm just hustling. I'm just hustling. It's this kind of gross word on the internet right now. It sounds like an Axe body spray flavor. <laughs> so you need relationships that can kind of temper that. And so you see them work together in concert. And so as you look at a career, again, whether you're in college right now and you're saying, okay, what happens when I graduate? Or whether you're trying to, you know, you want to try to get a promotion at a job, these are the things you'll need. You'll never have a job where they go, we wish you had less relationships and were, and were worse at connecting with people. Or we wish you had less character. And so the book is about 
how do you build these four things and how do you handle the four transitions that every career goes through, every dream goes through? I love this idea of, you know, the, the, the four traits that you ha- kind of have to have, because as you're, as you're going through it, I mean, going back to my story about, you know, David Allen saying, Hey, write for us. Uh, if that didn't happen, that relationship, no one would know what I was capable of because I would have maybe been languishing or further that I would have still been doing this very niche parody site that, you know, I mean, we already know that productivity is very, very much a, a niche, but to be a niche within a niche, I would have really yeah. had to hustle. You know, I mean, I would yeah. have really had to do that to take things to the next level. So I, I love this, this component. Now, how, if somebody, what was the first thing that you would suggest that they do if somebody's, you know, stuck in that rut or they're saying, Hey, you know what? I'm at this job. I'm here because, you know, I've got the golden handcuffs on and yeah, I get five weeks vacation or four weeks vacation. So I'm working every day just to get to that next vacation. What would you suggest to them in terms of, Hey, uh, you know, how do you assess and and figure out, should I start over again or should I just, you know, how, how would this apply to them if they're, if they're not quite sure what they want to do and and how to get out of it if they do? Well, I think, uh, you know, one of the first things I'd say is, what does your team say right now? Um, a lot of times when I talk to people and I'll, I'll say, okay, hey, if you feel stuck, what are the people that are able to tell you the truth saying about where you are right now? Because a lot of times our close circle of friends can really see what's going on in a way we can't. Um, this, this author, Roy H. Williams, said it's, trying to read, it's like trying to read the outside of the label from inside the bottle. And so a lot of times I'll say, okay, well, you know, to get a sense of, are you really stuck or is, are you in the right place? You know, what are, what are your friends saying? We did, um, there's an online career assessment we put together called uh, careersavingsaccount.com. It's just 12 quick questions. And one of the questions is about, do you have an advocate? Do you have a mentor? And 63% of the people that filled it out, we had 3000 people fill it out, said they didn't have a mentor. They didn't have an advocate. So one of the first things I'd say is get in relationship. You know, start. You don't have to do anything drastic, um, but you can say to a friend, "Hey, I'm feeling a little stuck right here. What do you think?" And I, I promise you, that friend will say something that's true. Um, if you've built a relationship, I, I spoke in um, Houston yesterday, and there was a woman there that was in healthcare, and she said, "You know, I'm, I've been a photographer forever, and I've just been doing portraits. And what I always wanted to do was fine art photography. And finally, a friend said, "You're a fine art photographer." Just admit it. Say it out loud. The end. And it was this, it sounds really subtle and simple to you and I, but it was this dramatic shift where that person spoke a line of truth into her life. And she said, okay, so like, it's okay that I don't want to do portraits anymore. I don't want to do weddings anymore. Not that that's a bad thing. It's just not what I'm supposed to be doing. So a big, big first step is what relationships are you in that can help you see where you really are? Awesome. I know we don't have a lot of time left, so I want to talk about rescuing Mondays because, as you know, Mondays are the bane of most people's existence, uh, especially if they're in a situation that they just don't want to be in. So, uh, you know, obviously in the book you cover this, but can you give kind of a, a quick example of one way that somebody right now, if they, if you know, if they're listening to this, of course they're listening to this if they're listening to it live, uh, or as the day it comes out, the book is out now. Uh, you know, this, this is the day the book launches. So they'll have to wait six days to apply this again, but can you give them (laughs) some insight as to what they could do just first thing next Monday that would help them start to rescue Mondays going forward? Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because for some people, Tuesday is Monday, Wednesday is Monday. If you don't like what you're doing or if it could be better, like, here's the thing, a bad job can be good. A good job can be great. A great job can be awesome. 
So, you know, I already, this book isn't about quitting your job. I wrote that book already. Yeah. It's called Quitter because I'm wicked creative with titles. <laughs> and so don't feel like if you're listening to this, oh, I already kind of like my job. And here's the thing, too, is the most dangerous job in the world is the good enough job because mm. the good enough job will woo you to sleep. A bad job, a horrible job forces you to have the conversation. So if you, you know, if you said to me, how do I, how do I rescue Monday? Um, I think, you know, <clears throat> the, the, the easy answer is check out the book. You can get the, the first chapter free, like read the first chapter. When people come up to me and say like, why should I read your book? I always say like, maybe you shouldn't like, check it out. Take, you know, read through it first. I read a first chapter before I buy a book or I'll, you know, I'll take a look at it. So you can get that on just doover.me. Um, so, you know, from a book perspective, check out the book, see if it's something that, you know, you connect with and are interested in. Um, and then I guess the, the big thing, here's, here's what I believe in. And here's, here's what I'd say to people. There's two things I know you're capable of more than you think, and it's going to take more work than you think. And that's why I write. Um, because the first one's about hope. A lot of times it's about giving people permission to dream that they get to, that that's not for just other people. That it's not for a later part of your life. That it's not for retirement. It's for right now. And you get to do that. You have permission to do that. And it's about generating hope. And then if I do that, I can talk to you about the second part, which is the work. We live in an instant culture. You and I are surrounded by instant internet experts that do something well for one hour and then sell a $500 PDF about it online and say, you'll change your life over, overnight. And then you read that and your life doesn't change and you feel like, well, maybe it was me. Maybe I failed. Because it's this promise of it'll be easy, it'll be instant, and it's not nothing that matters is. So my hope is that you know, even if you don't buy the book, you'll believe you have permission to change your life, and then you'll start to explore the work that comes with that. Because there's a lot of great books that will give you the first part, and will give you the Pinterest image of the person standing over a mountaintop with a quote from Abraham Lincoln that Abraham Lincoln did not say. And, and you get inspired, but you don't know what to do next. And there's a lot of great books that will tell you all the hard work and all the steps and all the practicalities, but don't inspire you. Don't make you laugh. Don't make you go like, I can do this. Like, this is for me. And I honestly think do-over does both of those. So that, that would be my thing. So believe you can do it and know that there's going to be work and, and figure out what that work looks like for you. Your new book is called Do Over, Rescue Monday, Reinvent Your Work and Never Get Stuck. I love the idea about, you know, the intention behind building you know, that career using these four elements, skills, relationship, character, and hustle. Uh, I've always said that, you know, you need two things, intention and attention, uh, because one gives you the, uh, you know, the power and the other one gives you direction. So uh, I can't wait to really dive into this because I've had a chance to go over it a bit, mainly reading the back sleeve with all the endorsements. Oh, my goodness. Blurb City. Uh, yeah, Seth, I, Seth uh, <laughs> I know, right? Can you believe his? I was blown away. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's 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 amazing because you know I mean I've seen I mean you know I've read a lot of books and seen a lot but but to see some of the ones on back here like Jim Gaffigan, Michael Hyatt, Andy Andrews, you know I mean uh, Chris Gillibo who and you'll be speaking at for those of you who are going to the World Domination Summit this year uh, those who listen know I've gone every year John is speaking there this year so yeah, you, I, and it, I'm really excited my wife's coming with me we're gonna do a couple days in Portland I've never been to the World Domination Summit so. I got to meet Chris um, a few months ago. I, I did kind of a five-minute opener for him when he came th through with his book tour. Right. Um, he's just such a great guy. And as you know better than anybody, he's put together an honest community that, that leads from the heart. And so I'm really excited that, I, that he's being so kind to let me step on his stage. 
Yeah, it's 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 a pretty amazing experience. I can't wait to meet you in person there because I'm going to be at WDS again this year. Uh, it's it's kind of like that mid year reboot and recharge for me. You know, it's, it's yeah, perfect I, time I of year. can't wait. I'm I'm definitely nervous about that one in a good way, but definitely definitely nervous about that. There's one. only going to be you know thousands of people watching you. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. Well, I've done like bigger events. Yeah. It's, it's the it's the heart of the yeah. Like I really want to get it right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, so John, where can uh, people can find the book at doover dot dooverbook dot me? Is that what doover dot me? Doover dot me is where they yeah. can find, it. and they can also find you and your writing at John Acuff dot me, right? Uh, Acuff dot me. Just Acuff. So yeah, you just keep saying the incorrect things. I'll keep correcting them. That, that's the so way. Like, and on Twitter at Jonathan Acuff. No, no. just John Acuff. <laughs> uh, John, thanks for joining me this week on the Productivityist Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was a ton of fun.